Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Man City podcast. Uh, I'm Vayam and joining me today is Simon Baikowski of the Man City Evening News. Evening, Simon. How are we doing? Yes, good, thank you. How are you? I actually just finished my uh, second day of, uh, my third day actually of my work experience with the Sunday Mirror down in London. So yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Um, Good. Right, yeah. uh, This week's episode is going to be very organized in a way that we're going to try and cover as much as we can on everything that's happening around Manchester in terms of transfers. Um, Simon, kick us off with your thoughts on Raheem Sterling finally moving to Chelsea from Manchester And um, I personally want you to touch on the kind of selling business that City have done. It seems they've done pretty well to get close to £100 million for two players who were entering the final year of their contracts, him and Gabriel Jesus. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's it's a sign of the success that, that Man City have had in the last few years. You know, the Premier League titles add value to a player um, and, you know, everything they've achieved adds value to a player. I actually think it's a pretty good deal for Chelsea um, to get £47.5 million, uh, for Sterling. You know, it's decent money for City as well, but, you know, a, a good deal for... City, I think you know City have done better to get forty five for for Jesus, although he's he's a few years younger. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, both deals um, show that um, City have done done very well um, to get the money they have. I think they sold Leroy Sane uh, for similar money when he had a yeah, year left on close his, to forty five million. Weren't his, it? Yeah, yeah, um, but you know, Sadio Mane went for went for less this summer. I know he's older, so. Um, Man City have done uh, very, very well at, at selling players. The sort of the the risk is that it's to a potential rival, and you you strengthening rivals. But it was kind of clear that um, both Sterling and and Jesus had reached the end of the road at City, so it, it made sense to move them on. And if you can get a really good fee for them, then um, it makes perfect sense. Right? Are we excited to head back to the? Press box to see Erling Holland in a Manchester City shirt. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'll, sure I'll be big. honest. I was um, I was disappointed last season when they didn't sign Cristiano Ronaldo because I thought he'd oh, be the you know, honestly, a, yeah, a, a box office player to watch every week. But but Holland is is even better and he's on another level. And um, I think you know everyone is is really excited. Whether that's fans, players, coaches, they're all. You know, really intrigued to see what Haaland will will bring to the Premier League, and you know, from from initial impressions, he seems incredibly ready to uh, to show what he can do. Right, I think I'm going to be regretting asking this question in about nine months' time. But do you think Haaland is the final piece of the puzzle, and can he finally, can he finally get us to the Champions League? <laughs> Um, he 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 loves the Champions League, um, and he loves big games. Um, I, I spoke to him this week, and he talks about bringing sort of a, a bit of extra fire. He said to to big games, um, which you, you will never never go wrong with. Um, I think in in terms of things like that, you know, it, it's still anyone's guess. The Champions League, the City, the City have probably been the best team in Europe for two or three of the last five years. Um, and never won the Champions League. So, you know, there is luck involved in winning the tournament. Um, Haaland will observed get them closer. plenty of occasions there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha- Haaland will get them closer um, because he he brings goals in games and, you know, 
they went out to Real Madrid in this last season because they didn't score enough um, over the two legs. Whereas if you have Haaland in the team, he brings goals that... If Haaland is down the middle in the first leg, say you will absolutely obliterate Courtois. That would have been like six or seven goals, honestly, if he had the chances that like Foden and Mahrez had. Yeah, well, I, um, I saw a... Stats. I don't know if I can find it. Yeah, uh, Sterling and Jesus combined underperformed by 30 goals. That would be over the, the course of the career. But it kind of shows you that, you know, if, if you put Erling Haaland in those situations, you, you suddenly have a lot more goals without doing very much. Um, so I think he will score a lot uh, full stop. But I think he'll score kind of new goals for City. And I think he'll score goals that other players would not have done. So, you know, he's, he's going to prove well worth the uh, the fee they paid for him. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if there is a puzzle to complete because there is so... Um, it, it's always evolving with Guardiola. But he is certainly a player that um, they're so excited to have at the club and can't wait to see what he can add to the team. Right. Uh, just finally on Haaland, because uh, since we've already touched on him, there's been this sort of ongoing debate almost on social media as to whether um, he'll have sort of trouble if into fitting into the uh, style of play at City. What's your take on that? And is this sort of a belief um, at the club that he'll, he'll adjust to things pretty quickly? I think speaking to him, he expects to adjust to things quickly. Um, you know, Guardiola... And the staff are allowing him to take his time to adjust. But he has arrived in Manchester meaning business. And, you know, he wasn't in bad shape to start with. So, with the <laughs> season under his belt, I think he will do he will do all right. Um, he, yeah, he, you know, he will expect to start most games as, as number nine. And I think he will score goals that I think City have been, been missing in, in the last few seasons. And, yeah, I mean, I understand that there will have to be a a sort of adaptation from him yeah. because he will spend more time kind of with his back to goal uh, and with fewer touches. But equally, City will still allow him to play to his strengths and there are still so many match situations where they have been missing exactly what he brings. Um, so I don't think he will have to adapt too much. And I also think not kind of enough has been made of how maybe City will adapt next season because there's been so much turnover in the in the first team and the squad that it would be, you know, pretty surprising if they lined up identically next season. Right. Let's move on to the latest transfers. Uh, let's begin with Alexander Zinchenko. Now, you previously reported that um, Arsenal uh, have registered their interest in Zinchenko and he would probably be tempted to move if he had the opportunity to play first-team football in midfield. Um, David Ornstein of The Athletic reported uh, this afternoon, I think it was, that Arsenal are in talks with City over a move and that City would be willing to sanction a sale if Arsenal meet the asking price. So Simon, tell me, what sort of valuation does City have for Zinchenko and what is the player's stance on the move? Is he quite keen on leaving if he has the opportunity to play in midfield? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not sure too much has moved on from kind of the end of May. I mean, obviously, it kind of seems to have come from the Arsenal end um, today as they kind of move on from from Lisandro Martinez. And and it does seem like there is something there. But at the same time, you know, I would expect Zinchenko to be on on the plane when the the City tour starts. So, you know, I'm not not sure there's anything 
imminence that we're um, that we're talking about. It, you know, Zinchenko is is a very good footballer and would like more game time than he got last season. Um, whether that is at another club or at City, he's not averse to it being at City. And sort of, you know, a few weeks ago, it, from the conversations I was having, it was kind of seeming like. You know, he was more more likely to stay than maybe he was at the beginning of the summer. But then, you know, this report today, and um, there's a bit more uncertainty around him around him now. It's it's difficult um, in the sense that I don't think City would sell without bringing in a replacement. Um, and you know, Brighton's Mark Cucurella would would cost more to bring in than than Zinchenko would go for. I think you'd probably be looking at the £25 million mark. That, that's not what the club have said. That's what I would estimate his his value to be with his contract situation and um, the value that he that he brings. So whether Arsenal want to pay that, because, you know, we've also got this long-running saga with, with Nathan Ake where, you know, it's been reported as done for weeks and yet they, they still haven't agreed a fee. So, yeah, he, he, I understand there was a lot of excitement um, today because of... Of the the story that came out, but I'm not certain that um, that he will leave this summer, um, both because of you know his own wishes, but also um, because of you know the different pieces that need to be in the puzzle for for, for City to accept. Him uh, going, but basically. if City are progressing in the pursuit of Mark Kokorea and. Um, I'm, I, I was just going to ask you if they'll be willing to pay the fee that Brighton will demand for him, which is probably, which is muted to be in the region of fifty million pounds. Well, I mean, you know, the the net spend for the summer is is pretty low. Um, so that you know, as we were talking about with Stilling and Jesus, they brought in brought in a lot. So it's not un, unheard of that they would um, sell Zinchenko for a lower price than they would bring in Kukurea because. You know they're they're going to make a huge profit on on Zinchenko, what, whatever any club pays for him, because because they bought him for so for so little. So um, that you know that won't be out of the question, but it is a lot easier said than done, and it also requires you know it Brighton become involved, Arsenal are involved. You know Arsenal aren't the only team interested in in, in Zinchenko, so there's there's plenty. Um, that could happen yet um, that isn't just a, a quick and easy right. sale. Uh, you touched on Mark Kukurea there. Uh, Brighton owner Tony Bloom has come out and said that there's there have been no offers made for uh, Kukurea as of yet. And there's there's also been reports of uh, Brighton offering him an improved contract. Are we expecting a bid for Kukurea soon? Yeah, I mean, I think it, in this sort of like, um, idealized world, or sort of maybe football manager, you you make a bid for a player, and then you keep bidding until it's accepted, and then you get to speak to the player um, and things like that. Whereas I think, say Raheem Sterling, uh, this summer showed that it, it doesn't really happen like that um, all the time. And you know, Chelsea agreed personal terms with with Raheem Sterling long before they bid um, for him, and the the fee was kind of the last. The last thing to be worked out before is medical, so I don't think the fact that City haven't bid for him um, is an issue. I think they they could sort of agree every other part of the deal, and then uh, the fee is the 
the final thing to be to be touched up. And also, you know, obviously the club wants to do the business as quickly as possible, but you also have the fact that City have done so much business early and there is so long left in the transfer window um, that, you know, everything doesn't have to be done in the next week. Um, and there will be, you know, plenty going on as the players return to training and then they're going out on tour at the end of this week. So that there's plenty of um, movement that will happen in the squad and Guardiola will get a feel of um, of what he's got and what he wants and what he can maybe do without. You know, you would certainly feel that they would need Kukurea if they sold Zinchenko, but if they don't sell Zinchenko, do they need him? I mean, you know, a, a lot of fans would say yes because they've been crying out for the left-back issues to be sold for a long time, but you've got Zinchenko. Cancelo played basically every minute for City last season and most of it was at left-back. Um and, you know, you've potentially got Ake if he stays who can play left-back. Laporte can play left-back a bit. And I know all these these sound stock-gappy a bit. But, um, but you know, Guardiola has versatile players in his squad for a reason. Um, and they, they would, they've shown they're able to help out. So if Sinchenko doesn't go, do City need another left-back? That might determine whether... Um, City feel like they will get value for um, for Kukurea this year um, or whether they feel like Brighton's asking prices a bit too much. You know, a fourth title in five years, basically, without a left-back. Um, so do they need a left-back? Well, they've won the Premier League without one. So, um, you know, in an ideal world, you have the best players in, in every position and you know, all these orthodox players, but Guardiola's kind of ripped up the the rule book on that um, and the days of kind of two players for every position are gone. So, you know, C- City might get to a point where they say, you know what, we would we would love to sign Kukurea, but not at that price because we feel that we can get by with the options that, that we have. And, and that's what they did a few years ago um, when they were looking at other left-backs um, and what they've done before with with other positions when, you know, say Leicester wanted more than they were willing to pay for Harry Maguire, Napoli wanted more than they were willing to pay for Jorginho and they they walked away from those deals because they felt like they could get by without the option, uh, without, you know, paying more than they wanted to. So, um, you know, I'm not saying Kukurea won't get done, um, but equally there are plenty of reasons to, to suggest why it won't. Let's swiftly move on to Nathan Ake. You touched on him there as well. Um, judging from his comments that he gave, I think it was an interview he gave to a radio station in Netherlands, or I can't remember who it was, to, but he sort of hinted that he was said to stay next season and he was looking to play more. Chelsea have progressed in talks over a move for Nathan Ake, it is believed. Um, it's also been said that he will look to sign a replacement for him before letting him leave. What's the latest on City's replacements that they're earmarking for Ake and the kind of feed that they demand Chelsea? Um, yeah, so I mean, I might be massively out of touch on this, but from from everything I've heard, it seems like it's, it, it's not as close as is being made out. Um, we've kind of heard a lot of rolling updates over the past week, two weeks, um, from the Chelsea side of Chelsea being confident and more confident and <laughs> confident growing in confidence and even more confident. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, 
And, you know, City had said from the start that, you know, they would want 50 million um, and they would also want a replacement. And the thing as well with a replacement is it's more difficult because this Winter World Cup um, coming up, um, because there's only six... Three, four months of playing football, yeah. Three, four months before... Um, so, I mean, it is, you know, City say they want a Nathan Ake replacement. And when they say that, they will want somebody to come in and challenge to be a starting defender. But Nathan Ake is effectively fourth choice at Man City. So the type of names that have been thrown around for a replacement um, that City could get, you speak to people around those players and they kind of say, well, why would he want to come and sit on the bench for three months yeah. before before a World Cup, say? Um, you know, what incentive have any defender that would be an upgrade on Nathan Ake have to, you know, jeopardise their, their World Cup Are City under any soft pressure maybe? to sanction, um, sanction a sale for Ake? Has he actively expressed... No, oh, absolutely yeah. not. I, I mean, you know, well... It doesn't matter if he has or he hasn't because they ultimately decide whether to to sell him or not. This sort of what what is often forgotten is that kind of you know when they say oh a player can leave if if they want to, they say a player can leave if they want, and they bring in an offer that that we deem is acceptable. And you know Leroy Sane wanted to leave for Bayern Munich in 2019, and and Bayern wouldn't come up with an acceptable offer, so he didn't leave. Eric Garcia the same in. In 2020, so City will have absolutely no problem of saying, Chelsea, you haven't met our valuation, um, we're keeping Nathan Ake. And we know from from how Ake has been that he's not going to sit and sulk um, if he doesn't move to Chelsea because he's not that kind of guy. So, you know, I, I don't think there will be any issue in City minds about keeping Ake because, you, you know, they're not they're not trying to push him out the door. Um, so, you know, if City come up with, um, if, if Chelsea, sorry, come up with, with an acceptable fee and City can line a replacement up, then, you know, perfect, the move can happen. But as I say, it's like, it's really difficult, um, to find, to find a replacement. I think Guardiola said last season, it was kind of like the strongest four centre-backs he'd, he'd had, um, at City. So kind of why would you want to get rid of that and help a rival um, if if you didn't have to. Right. Uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Believe in Man City podcast and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.